Welcome to the Trap Shooters United podcast. I am your host and owner, Joe Brumfield. I created this to help share, showcase, and support this amazing sport by talking to shooters, vendors, parents, and companies. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Trap Shooters United or like us on Facebook. This episode is fueled by Bioki, high-quality ammunition manufactured right in the heart of America with locations in Ozark, Missouri and Little Rock, Arkansas. I choose Fioki because it's loaded in the USA and has extremely light recoil while still crushing targets. But you made me think it to yourself, Joe, why should I believe you? You're just a mediocre weekend shooter. And you know what? Point taken. Let me find someone with a lot more credibility. Hey everyone, this is Shelby Skaggs, ATA All-American, Oklahoma Trap Shooting Hall of Fame member. In our sport, being consistent is the key to success. Fioki's line of shotgun ammunition is second to none in this regard. Proven by my 772 straight in the singles competition during the 2022 Grand American, experience the Fioki difference. If you're like me, customer service is at the top of the list when it comes to buying anything. Combine that with the lowest prices and highest trade-in values, Michael Gooch with Indiana Gun Club is without question the number one choice for your next gun. With one of the largest new and used inventory selections in the country, Indiana Gun Club will have the right gun for you. If you're looking to buy your first competition gun, upgrade out of your current gun, or just simply wanting to add to your collection, Michael Gooch provides a five-star experience every step of the way. Give Michael a call at 317-502-2675 or send an email to gotgunguy43 at yahoo.com. I've personally purchased two guns from Michael and I guarantee you're going to be treated right. Welcome to episode 33 of the Trap Shooters United podcast. Joining me today are two reps from Fioki USA, Holly Hammond and Christian Hogg. Welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here, Joe. Thanks Thank for, so having for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. Happy to be here. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you guys on. Uh, I reached out to the listeners and I had them send me um, some questions that they wanted answers to. So we'll start off with, with some normal stuff and then ease our way into the tougher questions, if that's okay. Okay, just be gentle with us. I'll try. Uh, we'll start off. We'll start off with a pop up. Um, Holly, uh, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, kind of your background, uh, where you went to school, any hobbies, that sort of stuff? I'm um, sure, absolutely. So, Holly Hammond, I'm the marketing manager for Fioki uh, USA and BMP USA. I have been with Fioki for two and a half years. I run the shooting sports division under um, under our director of marketing services as well. Um, I went to school at the University of Alabama, did my bachelor's and master's there, and then I entered into the um, outdoor industry uh, in the last 10 years and fell in love with it, and this is kind of where I've stayed. Christian, what about you? Uh, yeah, my name is Christian Hogue. Uh, I've been in the in and out of the outdoor industry since uh, 2008, um, originally you know, cut my teeth uh, doing consulting and product development work for the industry as a consultant, and then uh, spent a fair amount of time at Remington, uh, you know, prior to that uh, down, you know, kind of slide downhill uh, <laughs> uh, before the sale of the company. And then uh, again, transitioned over to Fioki, uh, kind of the, uh, I guess it was end of 2020. 
uh, when that happened. Um, I'm, I'm a, technically a, I'm a University of Montana grad. Go Grizz. So, uh, but uh, it's been a, a good run. And uh, again, it's a good transition for Fiocchi. It's a, a, a wonderful company and a, a great uh, family run uh, company. Absolutely. Uh, now you guys went on a little bit of a uh, embark during show season. Uh, can you kind of describe what that entails for you guys? Uh, if you, ha- you guys had any highlights about that and what information are you trying to get out uh, to the shooters or hunters for that matter while you're out there? Well, um, the spring show season is a great time for us to um, support our conservation partners and to introduce all of our new products for the year. So we run run heavy in January and February, and we attend all the conservation shows from NWTF to Pheasant Fest to um, your DSC and your um, SDI Safari. Um, so it's a, it's a great time for us just to engage with our end users, um, answer any questions, help help them locate their local retailers and to tell them about our new products and our current products. Yeah. Now does, oh, go ahead. Does, does shot show typically kick that off or cause I know that's like the the first main one that I saw. It is. So shot is um, third week of January. It's one of our first very robust shows. And that is where we roll out the full lineup for new products um, our very first show of the year is at Dallas Safari Club. Um, it's always the first weekend of uh, January. So that one kicks it off early for us. Were you saying that were you wanting to say something there, Christian? I cut you off. No, I mean, it's, uh, again, the show season, like Hollywood alluded to, is, is a, again, post shot, right? That's, you know, typically trade uh, oriented. We're speaking with suppliers and customers, you know, retailers and whatnot. And then the better part of, you know, again, the part that I think that we enjoy the most is interacting with the end consumer, the end user. Again, we get a lot of great questions. Uh, we get a lot of opportunity to uh, talk with a little bit more in depth about what we're what we're working on. Um, you know, the big question is, where's all the shot show, right? Where's all the product and stuff? <laughs> so, you know, I, we can't speak for, you know, other manufacturers, but I think that uh, those interactions and the ability for us to get together with them and explain, you know, again, supply chain issues, staffing issues, see everything that's kind of been at the forefront of everybody's mind, but necessarily didn't see it very well um, during the, you know, COVID and and uh, and whatnot is, you know, I think people like to hear the the reasons why things are the way they are and, uh, you know, and our outlook on on how things we think are going to happen, you know, occur in the future. Now, if you had a quarter for every time you guys have been asked that question in the past 90 days, you guys both would be millionaires probably. Yeah, I'd be retired. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Rolling into shooting season, uh, what big events are next up uh, on the calendar? So next week is the U.S. Open for Sporting Clays. That one, it will be a large one for us in Tucson, Arizona. Um, Then we're looking forward to getting into all the satellites and um, the grands and it will be um, grand American before we, you know, blink our eyes. Oh, absolutely. It's once the shooting season starts, it's just a whirlwind. It seems like. Absolutely. For sure. Like I am, I am already knee deep in planning for all of our activities at the grand American this year. And, yeah. uh, speaking of the grand um, big event that you guys sponsored last year was the nostalgia shoot. Uh, is that going to be back along with the Annie Oakley events that they had? 
Absolutely. We are back in full force at the Grand. We have more fun things planned this year um, than we have the last two years. So we will definitely be doing the nostalgia event for the third time. Um, We uh, love for everyone to come out and enjoy, bring your guns, let's have a fun time. We'll definitely be doing the adult Annie Oakley event as well as the youth Annie Oakley event during AIM week. Those were so much fun this last year and we had such a positive reception from them. We're definitely doing both of them again. Along with um, our trick shooter will be coming out, performing for the kids during AIM week. Um, We'll have our full pro staff there competing and coaching and giving tips and hot dogs with heroes. We're going to feed everybody and let everybody come and meet our interesting pro staff. Now, the uh, trick shooter, is that Travis Mears? Idiot. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Christian, can you kind of touch on... Uh, the new primer facility and, you know, kind of what the importance of that will be and the benefit to the consumer. Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of folks may have seen it or, or maybe not heard about it, um, but uh, uh, Fioki has been making a lot of most, you know, I should say 99% of all of our capital investments in terms of growth and, and building out the company are being done here in the States. Now um, we just broke ground uh, on a new primer facility uh, back uh, in November of uh, 2022. Um, uh, I got to give a big shout out to former Governor uh, uh, Asa Hutchinson in terms of courting us and working with us to make that a possibility. Um, so we're really looking forward to it. Um, we're actually a little, we're just waiting for the weather to kind of warm up a little bit and dry out a little bit. We'll start pushing roads and building bridges uh, we're right there in the port of Little Rock, obviously being a an explosive manufacturing facility. We need a little bit of room around us uh, in order to make that happen. But, um, you know, uh, a lot of folks probably don't realize, but, you know, our primers are, are made in Italy currently and then shipped to us here in the States to be used with production. So uh, with the primer facility coming online, which we're hopeful based on the current projections that that will be towards uh, the end of 2024, that uh, not only will we continue to get our allotments uh, from Italy, but this would more than triple our output in terms of actual primer production. And that facility is slated to do uh, both a standard, uh, you know, lead stiffenate primer, and then also our proprietary lead-free primer as well. So it's providing with a lot of flexibility for us, uh, ability for us to look at additional plant expansions here in the U.S. as we're able to you know, uh, shore up our vertical integration in terms of supply chain. Uh, and then, you know, I think the, what maybe most of your listeners are probably interested in hearing is that we're probably going to get back to uh, selling packaged primers here <laughs> uh, in short order. So, uh, you know, it, it does take a little bit for us to uh, to get everything up and running and the permitting and, and the, uh, you know, uh, getting it all up and, and going. But um, I think in the next you know couple of years, you'll start seeing not only more finished good products from us, uh, but uh, back to component sales as well. Awesome. That is good news. More primers equals more shells. Yes. <laughs> uh, do you happen to know what the uh, top selling clay target load is by chance? That's a great question. Um, I would say from a volume driver, it would be most likely our shooting dynamics line. Uh, for again, you know, all around, you know, just chill, lead shot training round, whatnot. And then from a competitive standpoint, I, that's, you know, everybody's got their own, I, at least from my perspective, everybody's got their own favorite mix of poison that they like to use when they're out of the clay range. So whether it's a payload, shot size, velocity combinations, we, we've got a, we've got way more than our fair share of them uh, to try and accommodate. But uh, again, when it starts to 
just from a training round and shooting dynamics by far would most likely be our, our, our harp loop. You yes. got any thoughts on that? I think you're absolutely right. I think the SDs are a great product that is well utilized within the marketplace. Um, and absolutely. I think everybody kind of has their own favorite. Um, we have a high demand for white rhinos that if there was one from the exacta line, I would call out, I would say the white rhinos is probably the most demanded. Yeah, next we could get on the, uh, the hot debate of seven and a half versus eight. So <laughs> you're, you're, de- <laughs> you're definitely right. <laughs> everybody has their own favor. That's for sure. Holly, do you want to kind of touch on, um, uh, what qualities um, does Fioki look for when sponsoring a shooter? And what would be your best advice as far as the process uh, for a shooter um, that to be in, to be interested or considered um, to be sponsored? Um, sure, absolutely. So I want to start out by saying there is so many amazing shooters um, that we would love to pick up everybody, but it's just not feasible. Um, so just because we, you know, if we don't pick someone up, it just means that there may be budget constraints. We may not be able to grow the team that year. Um, so putting that out as a prerequisite there. Um, but uh, to be considered, if you would send us an email through our website, there's sponsorships at fiokiusa.com um, and put in your um, shooting schedule, your, your resume, your shooter resume, and um, your goals for the year and then anything else that we need to know about you. This is something that we look at all year long. And then as the um, fall comes and budgets are set and, you know, look at teams and start renegotiating and adding on new members, usually in the fall. And we just added on two new to the trap side, I believe, this year with uh, Shea Skaggs and Tyler Marshall, correct? We did. We did. Yes. We added our two new youth members, Shay and Tyler. So Shay's a yeah. very, <laughs> Shay came in like a wrecking ball at the Grand this last year. She's just, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, such a sweet person, um, coaching college. Like she's just kind of an all in one package with Shay for sure. Um, Tyler is just broke out in the subcategory this year as he clearly has legend in him coming from Rick Marshall. Um, and Rick Marshall Jr. So Tyler's came out of the gate on fire this year and doing a great job for us. We were excited to get to add both of them to our team this year. It's crazy. When I, when I see pictures of Tyler shooting or videos of him shooting, it's literally a mirror image of Ricky, except Tyler's left-handed, Ricky's right-handed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same stance, the same. It's, it's, just, it's crazy to kind of look at it that way. Um, Absolutely. I expect big things from Tyler. He is, he's already sure. shown us big things and I expect it just to get better. With the acquisition of BMP, do you see any additional opportunities for shooters to join and represent trap shooting or is BMP going to stay more on the sporting clay side? So I'm super glad that you asked that question, Joe. We have added um, Joseph Charnigo this year. So Joey for the win to Team BNP. Uh, we do expect to continue to expand that out into the trap um, trap market and look at adding on teammates and opportunities there. Awesome. Uh, Christian, do you want to kind of hit on uh, the forecast, I guess, for maybe this year and into next year uh, with the current state of the ammo supply chain? Do you see any decreases in ammo costs or prices kind of here to stay at the moment? 
Sure. I'll break it up into two pieces. Let's talk, you know, everybody's got concerns regarding pricing and then I mean, talk about production uh, on the on back end. But, uh, you know, as we're looking at it uh, at the moment, I don't necessarily see any softening in the market in, in terms of pricing. Um, that's typically, you know, dependent on the independent retailer. We have certainly um, taken some price on shot shell over the last couple of years. Uh, with supply chain uh, increases, we've seen raw material costs go up. Uh, so, again, in terms of the business, we again there were some some minor increases we had to take. the The part that we have a lot less control over is once we sell it into the channel or into retail retailers for consumer consumption, is what what the retailer is going to charge. There's there's obviously some degree of a markup there that. Um, that the retailer needs to make in order to be, you know, profitable and maintain their their line of business as well. Um, I would say that I would say for the majority of them, yes, they've taken price, uh, uh, but I wouldn't say that most of them are are taking advantage of the situation. Um, but you know, obviously, there's probably some out there that are a little more unscrupulous than uh, than others, and and just you know, really going after it. But uh, in the short term, I don't necessarily see any softening on that. I mean, obviously, inflation is a big, you know, everybody's feeling it across the board, regardless of whether it's ammunition or, or food or, or housing or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, I think that uh, as we see demand soften and the ability for us to catch up on production, that's where you're going to start potentially seeing um Price reductions. That's usually how, as the market in a whole sees price reductions, is, is again with the, that combination of effects there. And then it's just a matter of timing when that's actually going to occur. Um, we're starting to see it a little bit more um, outside of the, the clay shooting sports, right? And, and, and shot shell ammunition on the you know, pistol and some varieties of rifle ammunition already. So, um, like I said, it's just a matter of once we catch up with that production cycle, not only us as from, from Fioki, but the industry as a whole, once there's more product on the shelf, we're seeing it, see it stay on the shelf longer. That's usually when we start seeing, uh, you know, discounting from retailers or promotions or spiffs uh, from our end to kind of help those turns through retail. So um, I, I can't say that uh, waiting for that to happen would be smart for anybody unless you're not actively shooting all the time. <laughs> um, but uh you know, it's it's one of those things. And then from a from a production standpoint, um, I, I, you know, like I mentioned earlier with the, the primer facility, you know, we've we've added additional capacity to our facility. And but with that, you know, uh, you know, as we spoke before, we kind of jumped on this call is that uh, the ability for us to ramp up and, and react quickly is is rather difficult. Um, it's a, you know, when we decide to add capacity for manufacturing, it's a, a two to three year process before we actually start seeing the actual machinery um, drop down into uh, uh, our facility or when, and then it takes us a few months to scale it and make sure that's functioning correctly, that's loading quality ammunition uh, and whatnot, and then getting it back out uh, out there. So from a, from, from, from Fioki standpoint, we've been running, you know, three shifts. Uh, we've got weekend shifts running right now, um, and or we, I should say we've had weekend shifts for quite some time. But uh, the we're at capacity. Um, we are constrained by the number of primers that we have. We're constrained by the amount number of holes that we can extrude. Um, so it's not lost on us. I mean, our, you know, I'm sure Holly is the same same boat. Is that again? We wish we could just 
you know, crank it all out and make everybody happy and, you know, keep prices back down to where people where, where people are, are used to seeing them. But, uh, and it's, you know, it's a good and a bad thing at the same time. I see it, you know, we, again, obviously being a for-profit company, we would like, we like profits and, and being able to hire more employees and, and, and do plan expansions from a youth shooting sports standpoint it's a little depressing on my end when you see these grew big growth uh in you shooting sports uh, especially on the clay side that you want to make it affordable for folks to you know get involved and, and and grow their teams and bring more participants to space it's great to see what we've been able to accomplish and 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 price is going to become a factor uh on a, on a lot of that so again it's certainly on the top of our mind um it's on the top of the mind of our new ceo just came on board here a couple of weeks ago so um uh, we're working towards it we're making plans for the future but uh our ability to actually expand capacity is like i said earlier dependent on our ability to produce primers and as that primer facility comes online in, in little rock our ability to you know, expand extrusion and, 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 uh, uh, and whatnot for shot shell will grow. We're not, we can't make capital investments now to grow and, you know, extrude shot shell without having the primer to, you know, make all the magic happen and stuff. So, um, you know, we're, you know, Holly and I are, are working with our, our leadership team on our five-year strategic plan, obviously. And that's a, a big component of what we're doing this week when, uh, prior to talking to you. So, um, Things are looking really good on on that front, and and uh, uh, the ownership that that took took place here at the at the end of the year are very interested in, in continuing the the capital investment uh, in the U.S. market and and growing our position as well and product availability. Awesome. This is a random question that I had just pop in my head, um, but do you have any idea um, how many shot shells can be put out in a single day? <laughs> <laughs> uh that's a great question um i i'll need to get back to you <laughs> I, I, I was a lot <laughs> <laughs> i was just sitting in my head like I, I i worked in a factory back when i just graduated high school and i was i, I just thought in my head like man that would be kind of interesting to just know you know, what's however many thousand, you know, whatever shot shells could be put out. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I can let you know, again, like with over the last couple of years, it was about building anything and everything as fast as we could, regardless of seasonality. Um, and this year going into 2023, we consciously made the decision to go back to seasonal build. Um, so I can tell you from the shot shell production side of thing, everything is devoted to target shot shell at this moment, there is no yep. hunting shot shell being planned. That's that stuff we start picking up in like, you know, June so that we yep. can start building it over the summer and, 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 and float it in the market and in the fall. Um, but even with that, we still have lines that are dedicated to, to target shot shell. We can't stop building it. You know, we can, can't just build it for the first half of the year and then go, Oh, we're good through the remainder of the year. Right. Cause people shoot all the time. So um, it just gets scaled back as we, maybe as we head into, you know, productions, uh, time for, uh, for hunting shot shell as well. For sure. Uh, we kind of hit on this earlier with the, the, the primers and maybe possibly selling those kind of a la carte. Um, but I had some folks, um, interested in the potential of selling Fioki branded reloading kits, maybe primers, wads, powder, you know, just kits for those who prefer to reload their own. Yeah, I mean that's a it's an interesting concept. Um, you know, we 
you know, Fioki traditionally, we, we sold packaged primers um, and we have on an OEM level sold, um, you know, unprimed and primed hulls to other, you know, other manufacturers for, for them to either sell as components um, or, uh, you know, use for some kind of, you know, loading for some other kind of product. But um, we've, we're typically a, a loading facility. Um, and so I can imagine, you know, if I had a, if I had a crystal ball and I could, you know, stroke it the right way, yes, we would be potentially putting together uh, package kits that, that would be perfect for, you know, the reloader. I think most folks are just looking for hulls uh, that can hold up and, and, and withstand, you know, several loadings uh, and, and, and worked for what they're looking to do. Um, it's certainly not something we're going to be able to get to within the next couple of years. Um, I, and it's, you know, uh, just coming from uh, the Remington side, obviously package components was a, a portion of the business there. And, and Fioki has been very much focused on loading, you know, uh, finished goods and stuff. So, uh, and like I said, the OEM sales that we have done and or do do on occasion are simply um, a matter of, you know, trying to help out a business partner or uh, or push something through that's strategic for us. But um, I, I don't have the right answer or I should say a solid answer for you in saying that, yes, we are working on something like that. Uh, I would say that there is going to be greater ability as we move into you know year two year three from now where we've we've got that availability and more resources available to be looking at those types of opportunities um but i can certainly understand the the need for it it's just a matter of um you know making it happen gotcha um now that we're kind of moving past the pandemic a little bit are local gun clubs able to reach out to Fioki directly to place orders or do they still need to go through, you know, a retailer of some sort? Um, you know, in terms of, again, for the last couple of years, we haven't been taking on any new, any new customers on for the most part, um, just because we wanted to make sure that the customers that were loyal to us pre pandemic were still getting service as best we could. I mean, most, most dealers or retailers uh, or partners were, were getting shipments from us, but they weren't as big as they were used to seeing them because we were trying to spread yep. the peanut butter out and and get you know as many people serviced as best we could with smaller shipments, but they were maybe more frequent. Um, you know, some pieces are are, are starting to get uh, a little, like I said, not necessarily with Shot Show, but other pieces of, of the business are getting a little bit easier. And um, if we've got dealers or clubs that are you know working through uh, buy groups or wholesale distributors. Um, we have, you know, been making some opportunities available for folks to, you know, leverage those relationships to get uh, shipments of our, you know, of our products uh, to them. Um, we've really limited the, the amount of direct, direct customer sales that we've done over the years. We've typically tried to move in a direction. I mean, our, our core business model is focused on, servicing independent mom and pop retailers, shooting clubs uh, and whatnot. And then we've got some very key uh, wholesale distributors and very limited big box retailers, uh, meaning that um, most of them are regional players. Uh, when I, when I say big box, uh, you know, you know, we don't do Bass Pro. We don't do Cabela's. We don't do Academy. We do not do Walmart. Um, 
what we would think as the mass volume retailers, uh, simply because we're interested in doing business with the folks that we feel there are in the industry for the long haul and are less susceptible to, uh, you know, political, social, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, variations in the market that then create uh, issues for us um, uh, in terms of, you know, just doing business in general and whatnot. So um, we're happy. We're, we're, I would say we we'd like to say we're a little bit proud about being able to service the small guy. It's just it just depends on uh, you know product availability. It has been a lot easier on that front prior to the pandemic for sure. It's just a matter of we're kind of rolling out of that pandemic, trying to get caught up on orders. I mean we we're back ordered um, tremendously. So it's how do we you know continue to service our customers the best way we can, provide them with the most timely deliveries. And still provide a high quality product at the same time. So it's uh, there's a balancing act there, but I think we're all uh, very. Op- I would say uh, there's no pessimism on our end. It's very optimistic in terms of the future. Like I said, with the investments we're making in the U.S. Uh, and the uh, plant uh, growth and, and operational growth, um, I think is everybody's going to benefit uh, in the long run. It just takes a little bit for for all that to catch up. Gotcha. I had some questions regarding um, the shot hardness rating. Uh, I had some folks ask if, if if it was possible to publish an easy to find shot hardness rating on the boxes of ammo, or if that's published somewhere, maybe online or you know. Uh, that's an excellent question. I'm happy to follow up uh, with product management and, and and get that information. Um, I, I don't know if we would have the the ability to quickly move on adding that to the our box creative but we could certainly add it from a uh, a website you know an informational standpoint uh no problem uh in terms of i mean most of the the animony that we add into the higher animony problem products tend to be uh in the exact line um which are you know you're more in again and when we add animony right we're adding cost to a product so uh you know for the like we said the shooting dynamics being the most volume driven, you know, portion of the business, there's very low animony uh, in that, or obviously, because you're in a training round. And, and again, when you want something to hit hard and have additional, uh, uh, you know, level of hardness associated with that shot, it's going to be in the executive line. But typically, we're in that, um, depending on the product line and what the shots, we're in that four to 5% on average. Um, but but we, that's certainly something we can add uh uh, to the information on the website because uh, we certainly don't yeah, have it on the box currently. Gotcha. Uh, last question here that I have for you guys. Uh, in years past, uh, Pioki had the youth shell program. Uh, obviously, with the shortage of ammo in a recent couple years, that went away. Can you provide a little bit of an update or a status update in regards to that program and maybe it coming back in the future? I'm I'm glad that you asked that, Joe. We are very in tune with the shoot or youth shooting sports. Um, they are so important to us, and these kids are so important to us. We look forward to the day when we have enough ammo to bring these programs back. It is definitely the forefront of our minds and something that we are working towards each week. Yeah, no, and, and Joe, I'd add on there that again, it's it's a it's supply and demand uh, a component to it, right? Um, I think that if if we could, we would uh, for sure turn it back on as soon as we possibly can. I would say that again, uh, you know, as we we talked prior to the call, you know, our new CEO coming on board is you know is a clay shooter. Um, his family is a clay shooter. He's 
very bullish um, uh, on this portion of our of our business and understands and is very supportive of wanting us to grow additional uh, you know, support for not only youth shooting sports in terms of sponsorships uh, for, you know, competitions and for individuals as well, but figuring out how we, how do we bridge that gap, right? And how quickly can we bridge that gap so that we can uh, get back to, you know, doing doing what we normally would have done or had been doing prior to, to the pandemic. So, um, like I said, as things slow down i mean in terms of waiting for capacity and primers to show up and then short of uh, uh things slowing down drastically here in the next quarter or something <laughs> like that um we could certainly you know turn the faucet back on but uh we want to do it it's with any facet of the business i, I we don't want to create programs and then not deliver right i go that we, we don't want to disappoint anybody and, and cause angst or you know there's a lot of reliability on on a manufacturer to provide that product, especially for youth shooting sports and, and continue to build those clubs and teams out and whatnot. So um, like Holly said, it's uh, at the forefront of what we're thinking about and is the, what we're known for on the shot shell side of the business uh, and where we perform our best. So um, anything we can do to can get back on, on track is what we're, we're focused on right now. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Holly and Christian, for joining us today. If you see Pioki set up at a shoot this spring or summer, be sure to give them a visit. And also, thank you guys so much for jumping on board with me this year as a title sponsor. It's truly an honor. Uh, I'll leave it uh, with, with you guys. Do you guys have anything at all that you'd like to leave the audience with? Uh, thank you guys for um, subscribing. Thank you, Joe, for having us. Um, you do such a great job. We were super excited to get this opportunity and to do this new venture with you. Um, come see us. We will be out and about all summer and, you know, we're working hard for you. As long as you guys need shells, we're going to be working hard to get them to you. Yeah. Thank you, Joe, for having us uh, on the podcast. We appreciate uh, having a chance to talk and provide information to your listeners uh, and whatnot and provide support. Again, we we're very supportive of clay shooting sports as a whole, as a company, and it's a uh, top of our mind. And uh, we look forward to seeing everybody out there, um, you know, busting clays and, and having a good time. That's a wrap on this episode of the Trap Shooters United podcast. Huge shout out to my sponsors, Fioki USA, Michael Gooch, Diamond 8 Leather, and AJ Supplies. Be sure to reach out to AJ Supplies for all your reloading needs by calling 419-583-7133. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show further, I have placed a donation link in the description below. Thank you all for listening. Your support is greatly appreciated. See you all out on the trap line.